You're listening to This Hong Kong Life, a podcast of stories and conversations with everyday youth across Hong Kong. Every week, we bring you episodes that reflect the unique bilingual nature of our city's culture, sharing the voices and thoughts of young people growing up and living in the city we call home. Welcome to Season 3. Our theme is Mental Health and Me. Welcome to another episode of This Hong Kong Life, and today we have another guest, and I would like to welcome her. Hi! Hi, my name is Juhi. I'm 19 years old, and I was born and raised in Hong Kong. You were born and raised in Hong Kong. That's really cool. And ethnically, uh, where are you from? Ethnically, I'm from India. And did you go into the um, local system here or British system with a lot of the international schools or what was your schooling education like? So I went to um, the ESF stream of schools. Um, I went to Kowloon Junior and then I went to KG5 and then um, when it was around ninth grade, I made the decision to go to a Jewish international school which was like a completely different thing because it wasn't part of the ESF system at all. So um, I started there at around 2016, and I was there until I graduated. So That must have been such a different transition. What was the one thing that you found was so different that you had to really adjust to? I think like a lot of, as strange as it sounds, it would be the holidays that they would celebrate. The holidays were such a big part of the school and the culture and the mindset, it led a lot of their principles and a lot of their beliefs, especially in our own education. So having to like one day as like a half day as a part of school, we would like have a barbecue and start singing and dancing. And this was a part of our school life and our school culture. And I was just so shocked by it, but it was one of the best things to be able to celebrate because you got to know people from a completely different religion and also get to have a lot of fun learning it too so it was a really interesting but amazing experience yeah it's so fun because this is a part of a hong kong subculture and you're ethnically indian does your family or extended family have a religion as well so um my family like originally like had started to be involved in a lot of our sindhi culture which um, is also linked to Hinduism and also a lot of Sikhism. But personally, I'm an atheist. I was raised a Hindu, but a lot of my experiences had led me to being an atheist. And I don't condemn any relationship with God. Like, I think it's what you have to do and what works for you. But I was just happier being this way. So, yeah. And how did you reconcile with, you know, your family being from a more Hindu sort of background and then raised it in a Jewish environment? I guess, like, with my extended family, they never really understood. They maybe met, like, one or two Jewish people in their life. They didn't know what it was about. They didn't know the culture. But I had to just say, like, I enjoy learning about this culture. It's not like we should just learn about our own and then let that lead our life. We should take things from different religions, different principles, whatever it might be, to, like, help us guide our life. And my extended family never really understood that, and they never fully supported that. But... My closer family members, the ones who live near me, the ones who I have a better relationship with, were able to just be so supportive of that. And even a lot of the times they wanted to learn what we would do at school and how it led our lives. So it was it was really difficult with extended family, but with close family, it was enjoyable for them to learn about our school. 
Yeah, and also you know in Hong Kong you have like the Chinese culture, but then you also have your family culture, you know, and then you have the Jewish culture as well. Which actually you are a true TCK in that sense, third culture kid. Yeah, and I think like you take so much from every culture. Like we would celebrate like a mix of. Chinese holidays, like having to bring in like little Jewish kids and teach them about Chinese culture was so interesting. And Jewish kids trying to teach Chinese kids about their culture, and then I would come in like as an Indian kid and try and teach both sides about my culture. And it was like an extreme learning experience, I would say. Like a lot of the times, it just got super jumbled, where it'd be so confused, like which identity do you belong to? But At the end of the day, like we all came together to like the point of just supporting one another and just trying to be happy with learning from each other and just actually taking more experiences from one another. So mm. it was interesting, but it was really fun. Yeah, yeah. And and now, where are you in life? So I graduated in May, and I'm currently doing online studies um, at the University of Victoria. So due to COVID, I couldn't. Physically go there, so all my lectures, all my classes, tutorials are all completely online. And what's your last couple years? Well, your last year, you know,、um, having graduated during COVID, you know, what's that been like for you? I think like in the last few months leading up to graduation, that was like the most stressful time. Especially like it takes a real toll on your mental health trying to deal with. Being at home, finishing multiple projects, trying to apply to university, trying to finish things on your resume—like you have to do ten thousand different things as a、mm -hmm. high school student—and on top of that, with the pandemic, I like have to give all my props to all the graduating class of twenty twenty because we worked incredibly hard, and I feel like we didn't get enough credit for it. So it was one of the biggest challenges that I'd ever experienced, and I'm sure for thousands of kids all over the world, and. Leading after that, like graduating, we had we were fortunate enough to have like a physical ceremony, but it was strange because people were socially distanced. You had to wear masks all the time. You only had a certain amount of time in like a certain area of the school, and it was just so stressful. But graduating and at least getting to spend time with one or two friends, even if it was just a small intimate gathering, like was just. So rewarding, and being able to graduate high school and take a few months to just focus on myself and focus on my family and things that are important to me was so important before university started, and it was really a keystone. And also meeting people in my university, which is difficult because of the time difference and the physical separation, but it was just—it's been a crazy ride, and I can't wait to go further when I actually get to Canada. So yeah. Yeah, no, that's great, and this is probably one of the most stressful times for a graduating class, you know, to kind of go through, and and it really impacts your mental health, you know.、Um, how how has your mental health been, you know, during this time? I think a lot of the times, like I was aware that like I had my own mental health needs, but I wouldn't always cater to them, like. I would just say to myself, like it's okay if I miss a few meals. Like I'll just finish this work. I'll eat later. Like、mm. I'll like take time for myself tomorrow. Like I would just keep pushing things. Like I would say that I have these priorities, but push them until later. I wouldn't make myself the main priority and make my own mind the main priority. And that's what ended up hurting me towards the end, where I would just be completely exhausted and devoid of like social interaction. And I didn't want to do anything besides finish this because. That's all we were told. Like, finish your work, get it done on time. Like, if you have time for yourself, then you do that. Like, mental health was a priority, but it wasn't the main priority. And I feel like a lot of students had 
experienced the same thing and weren't able to find a good or at all even a balance mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm quite curious to to hear you know your thoughts about you know because when you mentioned mental health you also mentioned about your eating habits you know um, um, and actually that's not something that people usually link when they start talking about mental health um you know they'll talk about mindfulness or looking at ways to you know calm oneself you know but but you mentioned healthy eating um tell me more about that So a while ago, I had an experience where I had to just wake up and tell myself, you know, I actually have to work on making my body cleaner and trying to eat better. And it was highly linked to a lot of stressful events in my life. And a lot of the times people were just constantly saying, oh, eat this and you'll look better and you might feel better, but that's not what it matters. That's not what matters. You just have to look better. And that's that's what matters. You know, people said that you needed to look better. Yeah, physically, like body shaming was a very important thing at that time and it's a very like big thing in my culture and a lot of other cultures around the world where you have to live up to a certain body ideal and I never like I never wanted to always live up but even if I did it was for my own health but I was constantly body shamed like as a child as a teenager even sometimes today as an adult but Mm. it's something that is so linked to your mental health because while mindfulness and meditating is so important it wasn't such a big thing that was like a part of your everyday life eating isn't part of your everyday life you eat every meal a day you try and eat as much as you can get some energy it's always linked to that but nobody talks about it in the point where it's going to impact how you feel and how your body responds to you know i think it's quite interesting because you know as the female gender i think this idea of body shaming is something that's very sensitive i think so many of us actually go through that um and as a teen i mean are you still the teen by the way yeah i'm 19 <laughs> so so as a teen you know how body shaming has impacted your own mental health well a lot of the times like people take body shaming comments like they never talk about it they internalize it so much and for me like growing up as a kid if somebody would say like oh like that was a fun event but you know you i think you ate a bit too much and you don't you don't look that great maybe you should wear something that suits your body type more and you had people saying that to you yeah i had a lot of incidents where that happened to me and i could never tell my parents i could never tell my friends because i had to i knew that if i told them they'd just tell me what i had to do and i i couldn't lead my life like that i had to just say okay well maybe tomorrow like I won't eat anything and then the day after like I'll start eating less and I would just try and focus on losing weight I didn't care about how I like felt I just wanted to look better and if I look better maybe people would treat me better and then I'd feel better like it would take such a long road to feel better but the road would be so difficult and all the steps would be so challenging so to me it was just like I had to lose weight and I had to stop getting body shamed like it's my fault that I was getting body shamed and Mm -hmm. that's something people internalize so much and it's so difficult to be open about that but I really hope that we can actually find a platform for teenagers especially girls because we go through so many hormonal changes that affect our body and we need to eat a certain way but I really want to be able to find a platform for other teenagers to come together and find better eating habits for themselves that aren't just you know for a one-month thing but for a lifetime 
And I think in Hong Kong, actually, you know, um, we're seeing that it's not just young girls, also young boys as well, you yeah. know, who are really looking at, you know, their external and and really being motivated, maybe not necessarily by the best things to look at what their weight is like, you know. If you had a chance to talk to some of those people who made all those comments about you, what would you say to them? Well, in the past, I actually, like, had thought about it. Like, what would I say to them? And in every scenario that I pictured in my head, I would always, like, be really angry at them, and I would push them down and make them feel less. But as I started to grow up, I was, like one of the things that I would respond to if somebody said, like, you don't look so great, like, maybe you should lose some weight. And I would possibly say something like, I acknowledge your comment, I'm currently working on myself, and I'm working on my mental health, and my eating habits, and I've been through a really traumatic past, I'm trying to work through all my issues, so I don't really appreciate the comment that you have for me, but I am working on myself, and I do want to let you know that this is, like, not an issue that I'm leaving like unheard I am working on it you go girl (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah I think it's like approaching something with such negativity like I had approached so many situations not even just healthy eating with such a negative attitude but you have to be able to approach other people with a positive attitude as well because like I said you really don't know what people could be going through and they could be internalizing things themselves and you never know how to approach someone. So being as respectful and as aware and using your listening as much as possible is so important when having these conversations. Yeah, and do you think that adults actually have this sort of awareness on knowing how to be sensitive, you know, as you were saying? I think, like, our generation, like, Generation Z has been so... I I don't even know the word to say, but like I would say we're thriving a lot of the times. We obviously have our own issues, but we're able to talk about it and externalize, whereas I feel like in the past generation, it was about making your traditional priorities your main priorities. It's not about if you feel good and if you feel better, like your wants, your needs come later. Whatever our like traditions in the past told us to do, that's what you have to lead with in your life. And I don't feel like a lot of adults could even just say to themselves, like, I matter or I want to work on myself. They would just say, okay, I just have to do that. I have to stop being a baby. I have to, like, make sure that I only do it so that I just look better, okay? Then I'll look better in my society and in my traditions. Like, so it's not something that they even also had a lot of education on. Like, now we see a lot of, like, resources opening up for teenagers and only now a lot of adults are going to get help in a lot of, like, so many communities, maybe centers, maybe with therapists, counselors, only now do they get the opportunity and so late in life. So I'm just fortunate that we're able as a generation to like be open about this stuff and have it be slightly less stigmatized than adults. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, adults are such a critical part of a young person growing up. So if they're coming up with all these sort of views uh, and still holding on some of these views, you know, how can a younger person be able to reconcile those different views? Well, I think like one of the things like that even I had to deal with with my own parents is just create a space which can sometimes not be as easy as it sounds but to take time and just say like hi I want to talk to you today about maybe a comment that you said or something that's been happening in my life and I as nicely as possible kids could ask for just a no judgment maybe just a listening zone try to have respect for one another um in that sense and I feel like when you start a conversation like that the adult already maybe knows what to expect and 
obviously you can't change their minds and you can't change their beliefs but you can try and be as respectful as possible and ask for the same amount of respect even if they don't always support your choices thanks for listening this season is made possible by the jockey club community sustainability fund as part of the smart youth health project This Hong Kong Life is an initiative of Kelly Support Group. We are a youth organization empowering young people to reach their full potential in Hong Kong. If you like the show, please subscribe and get new episodes every week. We would love to hear from you, so nominate yourself or a friend to share next. Leave us a message or drop us a note at hklife at kely.org. See you next time. 